You are listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This podcast is hosted by retired corrections officer, Mark DeWolf, who will discuss various topics prevalent to corrections, gay culture, arts and entertainment, as well as current events. Listeners need to be advised that this podcast will discuss situations involving extreme violence, substance abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Details of actual events have been modified so as to protect the privacy of involved parties. Welcome back to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This is episode 52, and Robbie's coming back, and we're going to be talking about the slasher movie from 1981, My Bloody Valentine. We're also going to be talking about the reboot that came out in 2009, and that is My Bloody Valentine 3D. And we're going to be talking about both of those movies, making comparisons. You'll be kind of surprised maybe on who likes which one better, but we're going to break it all down here in just a minute. If you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, because you'll get a lot of additional information. And I own one of the costumes worn by Harry Warden, the killer, for My Bloody Valentine 3D. And I'm going to be putting together a little bit of a video so you can kind of see it up close, the actual wardrobe and rubber pickaxe that Harry Warden used in this movie. I'm not going to go on forever. So let's go ahead and jump in and talk about My Bloody Valentine. Robbie, welcome back. Thank you for having me back, as always. I I love it. It's always fun to talk about horror movies, old and new, and see what's up and what's trending and what's cool. How have you been? Things have been pretty good. Uh, Just been busy with work, and uh, I don't know, just the the day-to-day. It's still snowing like crazy here in Utah um, in quote-unquote spring. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a winter wonderland out here. Oh, horrible. So horrible. (laughs) Did you, uh, you enjoy the TikTok videos that we've started to do on the, the gay Florida man podcast, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram page? Yes, absolutely. Uh, They've been, uh, uncomfortable to watch. So yes, you're definitely doing it right. Well, yeah. I mean, I know that uh, people have told me that I look rather moist. God damn it. Yes, you look <laughs> like a hot mess. Just and not hot in a good way. It's like a like a very humid Florida summer. It definitely wasn't winter and the air conditioning wasn't working. And so that's why I looked profusely sweaty. It was gross and horrible. And that was the first time <laughs> testing that new camera. So it was extremely uncomfortable. I was extremely irritable, but I still came across as a wonderful correction officer who's a pervert and dickhead. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you you definitely got that across, and you were definitely uh, like frothing in the loins. You could tell. So. <laughs> frothing in the loins. I like that. Well, I tell you, I'm going to be going up to New York, and I don't know if you've heard the uh, the recent podcast episode with Angel. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go up to New York and he's going to show me the city and we're going to go to certain specific locations like uh, the Dakota apartment building that was the exterior for Rosemary's Baby. We're going to go there and get some videos, some pictures. We're going to go to uh, the Stonewall Inn where the riot started. We're going to hit that and, of course, Times Square. And so watch TikTok because the gay Florida man's going to New York here pretty soon. And Angel's going to be my tour guide showing me around the city because he knows the city inside and out, the subways, the transportation. And he is going to appear in some TikTok videos that we've been talking about that are wildly inappropriate. (laughs) It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So it's cool. I'm excited to see that, Um, especially for somebody that knows the city inside and out. I like how you conveniently left out like the bathhouses the alleyways the filthy little cardboard boxes where things go down you know i like to go to those places like when i'm like in omaha nebraska or cheyenne wyoming those are the places i like to check out in the smaller cities just because you know usually they're truck drivers that uh you know in their 60s uh heavy set sweaty gross who haven't bathed for a week and i like those different flavors I, I feel like I've seen a video on TikTok recently about a guy that fits that description. Um, yeah. It's coming, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it's coming real soon, Robbie. <laughs> Ugh. As I shudder. <laughs> Today we're talking about My Bloody Valentine. We tried to record this a couple times. The software was not working or the computer or the internet speed or some fucking thing. And so this is our third attempt. Hopefully that it's true when people say third time's a charm. So let's try this out. My Bloody Valentine 1981, a Canadian-based horror movie. What are your thoughts? What do you think? 1981. We're going to start with the, the early version. So um, I wasn't born yet. Just let's get that out there. <laughs> um, first and foremost, this is just way ahead of my time. I'm only 12 years old. Um, mm, mm-hmm. So, oh, right. At, yep. This is, I'm, I'm writing. Uh, right don't, don't say it. I, I'm not in character as Ranger Rump today. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> getting PTSD flashbacks. No, I, I, so I, we talked about this before, but the 80s version of this, I loved it in the sense that it fit a lot of those 80s horror films. The teens or the young adults that something's happening to and you have the same, I, I want to say like the character profile where I think this started the genre of having the bully, the fun one, the tease, like the sexual, you know, person and it fit all of those for the most part but also i like the fact that it stood alone in the sense that it was a mine it literally took place in a mine it wasn't a cemetery it wasn't a haunted house it was in a mine which was unique and i really enjoyed that concept of course it was filmed in canada and you can pick up a little bit of the canadian accent and i think that pretty much the entire cast are unknowns and had done this movie, but the studios had started to realize after the success of Halloween and Friday the 13th, they just started pumping out slasher movies. And they had definitely a formula. A lot of times it was revenge, which is the case for My Bloody Valentine. You know, when you're talking about the different characters and the different stereotypes, and like you said, it, it kind of fits this pattern where you've got the comic relief person, and then you've got the sexy Scarlet whatever character. Yeah. And then you got like the jock, you've got the nerd, all these different stereotypes. This particular movie had three different characters that were kind of like the old, the foreboding doom is coming. The bartender, his name is Happy. And he's anything but. I think it's the irony there. But then you've got Mayor Hanniger, and then you have Chief Newby. Any one of these guys could be cast as Herbert from Family Guy. They kind of <laughs> give you that vibe of the old creepy dude. And I think it was that the mayor, the mayor was really hot for Mabel. And, you know, of course, Mabel, yeah. ends up, she gets killed in the laundromat. And then it's after the fact that the mayor gets the the box of candy from Mabel and that, you know, I guess it's supposed to be sad, but it's kind of laughable. It's kind of a dated movie, the clothing, the cars, but for the time period, I thought it was pretty fun. It had some great graphic deaths in it. And the last time that we had done this, Robbie, I had told you that on the special edition DVD, there's an extended cut where you see more violence with each one of the deaths. And it was really bloody. The original version. See, and I, I remember you saying that, and I still need to track that down because I completely agree. The deaths in here were extremely creative, and I almost have like a log of all of the deaths that I've seen from previous horror films, and these are just unique. These are, some of them are, I think, incredible. You know, poor, spoiler alert, everybody, but if you don't know by now, get the fuck out of here. So, Mabel, they find her in the dryer. She's literally burned and gooey and fucking gross, and that was awesome moist. Um, <laughs> she's very moist she's frothing in that dryer um <laughs> and uh and uh, then i think at the opening scene the girl that gets pushed into what is it like a is it a spike is it like the the pickaxe the spike I, on the pickaxe if, if i remember correctly is this the girl that they're they're in the mine and he puts his pickaxe in the wall and then he pushes her into it that's and what it is the yep. tattoo of the heart on her chest the end of the spike comes out he pushes her into the pickaxe yep that see and i mean it's almost you kind of want to roll your eyes but you're like all right like a little bit of a slow clap like okay mm -hmm. i'll take it mm -hmm. like that was creative that was a good little uh death scene so i actually really enjoyed it i enjoyed the creativity of it 
So the storyline is, is it's Valentine's Day and the town is going to have the Valentine's Day dance. There was an incident years earlier when they were having a dance and there was an explosion in the mine. A bunch of miners got trapped and one guy survived. And that was Harry Warden. And he Mm -hmm. kept alive by cannibalizing the other miners in order to live. And so he went to a mental institution. And when all this starts happening again, they cannot get word from the hospital where Harry Warden is. Like the files are lost or have been misplaced, of course. Mm -hmm. And then so you're thinking it's Harry Warden. But then it is a story of revenge. One of the main characters is doing the killing and Harry Warden had passed away. But, uh, you know, it's a fun storyline. It was great on special effects. You watch it now. And I think that the younger generation, you included, Robbie. I'm only this many. uh, Exactly. (laughs) And so, no, seriously, though, for the people that are that are younger that like horror movies, they're going to watch this and they're going to laugh. They're not, I don't think they're going to be that into it. And that's why I would recommend for the younger people, the 2009 reboot, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah. So if you consider me a young person, thank you. You're very young. Yes. But there's something about it. In my opinion, there is um, something about the original that is just, it's not trying too hard it's the original story. It's the origin story of this uh, vengeful person, you know, hunting these people down. And it feels right. It feels good. Yeah, the acting is fucking terrible. Just as you're going through the movie, it's not so in your face. It's not trying to rush through as many kills as possible. It's telling the story. It's kind of taking its time. You, there's a little bit of character development to the point where you start really enjoying some people. Mabel, um, some of the people that are putting on this dance um, or trying to. You get a little bit of that creepy, um, yeah, Herbert vibe from some people that are just um, <laughs> that are just trying to trying to make things happen. So I really the original compared to the remake. I did enjoy the remake because, of course, it's refreshed. It's new. It's clean. It, it looks really fucking good. You could tell that their um, their budget was a hell of a lot more. Oh, yeah. But it seemed as though that they were trying, again, I say too hard. Because they did have, um, you know, in the 80s, I'm sure that a lot of the characters were, I don't want to say they're nobodies, but they're definitely not like famous actors mm-hmm, and actresses mm-hmm. that are, you know, a household name. But they were, I guess, somewhat okay looking. It wasn't too far-fetched that they looked like they were from a mining town, period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you get to the new one, and it's fucking what's-his-face from Supernatural, and you're like, Jensen. he has never pushed a lawnmower in his life, period. Like, there's <laughs> no fucking way he worked in a mine, and yada, yada, yada. But this is coming from me, and I do, you know, paying my respects to the original, because that's the original concept. They had it first. And if you can either contribute to that or do better than that, then big applause for me. My Bloody Valentine, um, and of course I watched it, it was the non-3D, but it was, I guess, the 3D is what made it humongous. It made it a box office hit. And watching it without 3D, I was like, oh God, we're going to have something 3D happen soon. Like it was, (laughs) it was, that was kind of what killed the boner. Like I just wasn't really... I don't know. It was kind of predictable. Well, not even predictable because it was the original, but I felt like it was predictable in a different sense. Like, I was like, okay, some girl's going to be running away, and she's going to be in a almost see-through tank top in short shorts, and she's going to be glistening. Instead of sweating and bloody, she's going to be glistening like fucking Twilight. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. She's going to be moist. And running in slow motion. And so that's the kind of thing that kind of was like, all right, okay, I get it. But horror movies, especially the slashers, have always had to appeal to um, like prepubescent boys. The first time they've seen boobies. But of course, now they all have fucking cell phones. And so they're watching hardcore porn at nine years old. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, in this movie, it's so classic to that original it stays true to the genre because it's got the naked girl in the parking lot of the motel. She runs around naked the entire time. So for young, horny teenage boys, this movie rocks. But for the gay Florida man, the eye candy is Jensen Ackles and Kerr Smith, who both look like Abercrombie and Fitch models. Holy shit, smoking. 
I mean, you've got these beautiful looking cast members in this this movie. You've got the hot chicks and one stays naked for an entire scene in the parking lot of the motel confronting uh, Todd Farmer, Frank the trucker, who was secretly videotaping them having sex, which like every guy wishes they could get away with. So it appeals to that whole formula for the slasher movie you've got great violence you add in the 3d you bring in some classic actors like tom atkins from the fog and night of the <laughs> creeps and halloween 3 season of the witch kevin uh Tige? god i'm having a hell of a time with fucking names today but he plays ben foley you got these classic <laughs> actors and so it appeals to so many different people i think from the perspective of a business and wanting to make money and still put out a pretty good quality product, I think that My Bloody Valentine really kind of hit the mark from so many different angles. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. You're right. I mean, it was definitely entertaining. It kept you going. It kept you enamored. It kept you kind of guessing. If you hadn't seen the original, of course, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out if it is Harry Warden. You know, what's going on? Who's next? Who's on this list? All this stuff. But um, like I said, I do I do stand with what I said previously, where I do prefer the original. But there are some moments in this one that are unique, especially the um, lady that's naked through that entire scene. <laughs> I actually, Jamie, I think it was Jamie King. Jamie King. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that scene for two different reasons, um, and they were both bouncing on the way out uh, to the parking lot. Um, <laughs> not just kidding. Uh, but wow, so you know, I again, I've threatened to take your gay card in the past, and now you're gonna start talking about women's boobs, really? As you're gagging, you're okay. oh, my, oh, gross, sweaty boobs, throw me a ball sack. Come on, <laughs> fucking horrible. Um, but no, for what. <laughs> For one, I thought it was awesome that um, in any other movie, I feel like you expect a little bit more of a damsel in distress at, at the beginning of that scene. When she finds out that things are being recorded, she confronts him, he leaves, and she's like, no, fuck this noise. Like, I'm going to go after the son of a bitch and threaten the shit out of him. In the parking lot, unashamed of her body, which is fucking awesome, and she literally is like, you piece of shit this is the last time that this is going to fucking happen. You're, you know, whatever. And then of course he gets his, but nonetheless, I thought that was fucking awesome for one. And then two, after watching the film, I did some research and she wanted to do that scene yes, completely yeah. naked. And she was comfortable and wanting to prove she wanted to make her statement. And I thought that was unique. And of course her death scene <laughs> that was very, very much laughable. I thought she was going to be kind of put up a more of a fight, which she kind of did. But then the whole fucking bed frame uh, well, chain. And the, I was the, like, yeah, the, the springs and like the, the pickaxes coming through. But I think that was also kind of written from the perspective of like shot in 3D. It kind of works. Yeah, because yeah, Kurt and I were watching it, and we kept on, like, every couple of seconds, and he stabs in one one direction, and I'm like, okay, it was one of those things where you just want to rip a movie apart, and you're looking at each other, and you're just like, God damn it, let's just turn this shit off. Like, it was, it was that kind of thing at the very end, but at that beginning of that scene, I was, I was all for it. I was, I was pumped. I thought that they kind of, like, they stayed true to the original storyline. And I thought that that was cool. They didn't change too much. And I think that that, again, would appeal to a new generation. It's got to be flashy. It's got to have big actors in it and stuff so that they can sell more tickets. What did you think of the scene with the dwarf, the lady at the <laughs> at the motel? So I, mean, I forgot about that, that until right this second. <laughs> oh, Robbie, that really surprised me because it, it definitely... You know, if you're trying to make the killer like a very evil piece of shit, and then, of course, you have a person that, you know, is a dwarf who gets killed, and he massacres the fuck out of that lady. Mm -hmm. That's brutal, man. Yeah, that is, I mean, brutal. it's... I guess you could say it's almost like hitting below the belt. Like, uh, it was unneeded for that, but... But, no but, pun but. intended, below the belt, because she's only three feet Oh, tall. honey, yeah, you're right. Damn it, I didn't mean to do that. Maybe I did. I don't know. So, <laughs> That's uh, fucked up. <laughs> but uh, 
but it was it's one of those things where if somebody goes after a child or somebody like like with um uh, a disorder down syndrome uh, you know a little person whatever it may be you're kind of like wow like this is this person is evil like this person has mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. no well i guess of course they're killing people so i don't say like morals or values but this person has there's no telling how far they'll go that's kind of i guess well, what i'm know, trying to say there's something yeah you'll notice in horror movies that the killer does not cross a certain line with society you don't see the killers typically you don't i'm sure there's probably examples where they do but typically you don't see the killers going after animals or like infants that just crosses the line with our society where it's not cool like jason killing kids that are doing drugs and having premarital sex well those fuckers deserve it but if there's a, there's a golden retriever running down the street that's you know just having a happy lucky day chasing a bone or playing with his little kitty cat friend if jason does something to that dog fuck you okay fuck you mother <laughs> You lost me. You had me at the dumb teenagers fucking doing blow. But once that fucker kills a dog or a cat or a parakeet or whatever, fuck you. Right? Um, <laughs> yes, that's so true. And I love that I've seen enough memes or little clips or whatever it may be where people are so enamored with the film that when there's an animal presented, you immediately are like, run like survive do it and then you're like kind of fuck the human like make sure that little pug survives looking both in both different directions that i want that little (laughs) thing to live yeah you're correct if they do cross that like that societal i guess what we expect as a society like oh you don't go after these this is too far when they do it you're kind of like well yeah that's not good like it's yeah i don't know it kind of goes to a different level when we talk about animals in movies, I've got some examples. Like, if you look at the Halloween movies, and I know, Robbie, you love Michael Myers. Yes. But there is Doberman Pinchers in multiple Halloween movies. Like, mm-hmm. and, and Michael Myers comes up on the dog, and the dog's barking at him, and it's chained or whatever. And he was very, the Doberman was very friendly in, like, part four. But, you know, the dog's there, but the dog never gets hurt. In Friday the 13th Part 4, I think it was a golden retriever that jumps out the window. Like, they they don't say that Jason threw the dog out the window. It's kind of insinuated like the dog got scared and jumped out the window because, like, he saw Jason or saw the, one of the family members or, or something. I'm not really sure, but there's that one clip where he jumps out the window. But then you have another movie, like the movie Revenge. I don't know if you saw that with Kevin Cosner. And, oh no! Uh-uh. And so he kind of crosses the line and sleeps with his best buddy's wife, and he's kind of like a, a cartel lord down in South America. And he crosses the line, sleeps with his buddy's wife, and the guys show up at his house, and the first thing they do is they shoot and kill the dog. It's a very graphic scene. Oh! But at the same time. You immediately, I'm sure the people that wrote that screenplay, it's like, we really have to make you hate these fucking guys. Kill a dog. That's the way to do it. It's yeah. true. No, it is. <clears throat> it's very, very true. And it works every time. The only time I've ever seen like a baby killed in a horror movie, you had Gage in Pet Cemetery who gets squished <laughs> by a truck. But hey, uh, legitimate. It's funny that you bring that up. When I think of Gage, I don't picture him before he was brought back to life. I only picture him as that goddamn creepiest little fucking kid in like the entire history of cinema. No fair, no fair, no fair. Oh my God, Jesus. It was, he was so terrifying. And he's the cutest goddamn kid. But at the same time, like between him and Chucky, he would win like it's so he's so angelic i think that's what makes it fucking terrifying and you know yeah he did get smushed but his <laughs> his alter ego slash risen from the dead totally trumps the fact that he was ever alive like i can't even think of him as alive beforehand i only can think of him as the no fair slashing fucking achilles heels and <laughs> like biting and meh, and it was yeah yeah yep sometimes dead is better 
And then, of course, you had, you know, Gage was probably not the nicest kid on the block, but he was still nicer than Church the cat. That cat was just fucking concentrated evil. So nasty. And <laughs> it smelled only, bad yeah. on top of it. It smelled bad yeah. on top of it. Yes. Well, it was decaying. Also, at the same, it's at the same time, I fucking hate cats. Not really. Okay. I'm super allergic to cats. So I think that gives me the appropriate response to seeing a cat and thinking, Ugh. but uh, the have, fact have that this ever, cat was creepy. Have you ever had a dog that liked to eat cat shit? I have not, but I've heard of that. And it's goddamn terrible. I had a dog that, and I don't know where the cat came from, but the cat. I think the cat had like a fetish of watching dogs eat their shit because it would come into my yard and shit and the dog would track down. And I don't know what the hell was in that cat shit. I don't know if like the cat hid steak or like a filet mignon inside the shit. Or d'oeuvres. Something because my dog would track it down and I'd look over and the dog was like, nom, 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 nom. Like, motherfucker, you better not have cat shit. And I would get over and he would turn like pant right in my face and it smelled like the inside of a cat's butthole. So I knew that he had been eating cat shit. It was very unpleasant, Robbie. I don't know what the inside of a cat's butthole smells like. But I do. I do. You do you. Yeah. You do me and I'll do a cat's butthole. So uh, I don't know why we digress to these. <laughs> Stop, stop getting stop getting us up off topic, Robbie. Please. Yeah, for we're, trying, Jeez. We're, we're trying to do a professional podcast here. Be back. professional. <laughs> but so the other movie, the other horror movie that I remember an infant getting killed, and this was like a toddler, like a little baby, was one of the omen movies. And I think it was the final chapter. They knew that the Antichrist or the Christ child was going to be born, so they had to kill all the babies born on a certain day. And this one baby was born. And so they pictured this lady like picking up the iron. And then like you heard a baby screaming. And I'm like, no, that, that's fucked up, man. Jesus. That, <laughs> scorched earth. They left uh, nothing to the imagination. Like, mm, mm, mm. And I remember working in the prison. It's kind of interesting. I'm going to digress for a minute. Okay. Working in the prison, you know, the inmates would check out the iron so they could iron their clothes. But that was how they would do grilled cheese sandwiches in their cells. Did you know that? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Mm, mm, mm. I love grilled cheese. <sighs> off an iron or off a skillet? I prefer skillet. Like a nice grilled cheese sandwich and it tastes like your roommate's shirt or pants or socks or his skid marked underwear. And you're like, hey. It just, it's a little bit of flavor there's on top a of that. My grilled cheese sandwich tastes a little bitter. Did you do your underwear with this? Oh, shit. Sorry, man. I forgot to tell you. Anyway. So, yeah, the films. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah. No, but my bloody Valentine, you like the original. I like the remake. Is that what we're getting at here? It sounds like. I think so. And I do. I feel justified in it. And it just in the sense that Kurt and I were watching it. And Kurt's a little bit of a. He's not, I don't want to say he's hard to like please when it comes to horror films because they have to be, I think we're on the same wavelength when it has to be unique, it has to give a little something extra, but if it's just going for the gore factor and it's already been done and so on and so forth, it's kind of like, okay, that was entertaining, but that's about it. But if a film makes you think a little bit more, feel a little bit differently, that's where I think it achieved it. And between the two, we didn't get much of a, like, this is this is something I'm going to remember forever, and this is one of the best uh, horror films, or it sets itself apart. But the original just seemed to, it had so many more memorable moments. And I and we talked about this previously uh, during the one of the first 17 times we tried to do this, but... Um, <laughs> exactly. The scene in the original when the two... The lovers or the people that are trying to hook up in like that locker room area, they have all of the clothes, all of the the uniforms, basically the the jumpsuits for the jumpsuits. Miners. There you yeah. go. Yep. Thank you. Uh, they have them hanging from the ceiling where I guess it's just they're utilizing the upper part of this room to get the, all of those all that heavy equipment out of the way. So they're 
trying to, you know, the guy's trying to get it in, in that area. And then he says something, or she like wants beer. And so he leaves. Well, then she hears a noise and, you know, is that you kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> it was that I tried to do my best. I could. Um, <laughs> it's good. I like it. <laughs> and uh, the look of the room kind of made it seem it put that feeling of like any one of those uniforms. It could be him. They're all identical. So it kind of that whole setting was so well done. It was so appropriately not cast i guess but it was a, an amazing setting for that to happen i thought that was great no um, they, yeah they yeah. they did do a good job with that setting that up did you know in the remake that todd farmer who is one of the writers of my bloody valentine 3d he's the truck driver that gets the pickaxe in the head after sleeping with the the girl so it's interesting that he wrote that and I'd like to ask him, did he write that scene knowing he was going to play the part of the truck driver and that he would be with this hot chick that's going to be naked the entire scene that probably took a day or two days to film? He gets to, you know, watch her naked the whole time. I'm curious. But he also is the writer for Jason X. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. A little bit of trivia. You know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. But I would like to know if he wrote that in saying, hey, I'm going to write, I'm going to write this scene in knowing that I'm going to play this part of the truck driver. I'm going to see her, her boobies. Ooh, Lord. Ooh, God, Mark. <laughs> I'm the gay Florida <laughs> man, Robbie. I've got to play it up. Oh, um, God. Dork. Um, <laughs> no, I, I have to say that the, yeah, the original just, it was a little bit, uh, you know, even being dated. Um, I think, how old are you when you want, when you, when this came out, which one? <laughs> Oh, the original. Sorry. I was 10 years old. So did you see it when it first came out or no, did, did I, it take? When I was old enough, I mean, my parents, if I had asked them, hey, can I see this movie? And I tried to blow smoke up their ass by saying it's kind of like Pinocchio or Jungle Book, but it's called My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> they say, don't even look at that cover. Go put it back. Why are you even fucking holding that video cassette? I would have probably gotten scolded just for asking if I could see it, because I remember when my older siblings brought home Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Betamax and I looked at the cover and I instantly had to see it, Robbie, like, oh, my God. And I kept badgering my father if I could watch it, if I could watch it. And literally, we were so close to me being sent to my room. Don't ask again or you're going to go to your room is what he said. Holy so, shit. Yeah, it wasn't until... I started making friends with uh, kids that I knew that had parents that were much more liberal that I was able to go over to their house to watch all these R-rated slasher movies. So you can just say degenerates. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, other kids. As <laughs> you're trying well, to I, justify. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I'm just trying to think, like, because I know exactly who I saw it with, and his name was Conleth. He lived in Oakton, and he it was just him and his sister, and they lived on this. If you saw this fucking property, his dad was like a lobbyist in Washington, D.C. Jesus. You know, and like when he turned 16, he got a BMW, and his sister picked out a BMW the same day. They bought two BMWs the same day. Whatever he wanted, he got. So I would go spend like the weekend at his house on every couple of months, and his mom would bring us to the video store. And we would get a stack of these R-rated slasher movies, go back and stay up till two in the morning getting scared of these different movies. But and then that's fucking cool. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then it's like you get to a certain age where we this is like gonna turn into a real serious thing. He was like my best friend in grade school. And then once we started to get to high school, he was really trying hard to be part of the cool crowd. We kind of like i won't say had a falling out we just went in different directions mm -hmm. he was headed down a different path and um we kind of drifted apart and um i don't have any contact with him anymore so and but, how does that make you feel let me get down here on my therapist couch while i talk to you and stare at the ceiling mm -hmm. um tell me more therapist robbie so uh you know let me think about my time with Conlis. <laughs> I'm almost like nervous saying anything because this is going to end up in the podcast. Not that he would ever give a fuck. We used to go to concerts and everything. We again, 
horror movies was like our regular thing. But then, like, uh, you know, he wanted to. God, um, where was this? Like fucking North Dakota. I hate you. I fucking really hate you. This podcast is over. This, <laughs> I really fucking hate you. Where was this? Nebraska? <laughs> it was a different time period. It was in Northern Virginia. And it was in the 30s. I get it. <laughs> okay. You know what? Some people just can't die of cancer of the face fast. <laughs> okay, you dirty bitch. <laughs> um, I don't know how we digress talking about this, but this is the person that I watched a lot of these earlier horror movies with because I wasn't allowed to. And it was him, and then there was a, a kid up the street who had two older brothers that would bring home all these slashers. And it was up the street that I'd actually seen Friday the 13th Part 2. And I'd seen the cover, and I saw the back of it, and I'm like, I got to watch this. I really got to watch this. And That's so fucking cool. It was fun. It was like all summer long. And I was like, you know, what are your brothers going to bring home next week? And that's where I saw The Omen. And that's where I saw Friday the 13th. And I was just obsessed. I loved them. And I know that we've we've digressed a lot, but I got to give my two cents. So, uh, you know, we joke around about age and stuff a lot. But uh, growing up, how we instead you could watch trailers. Like, I mean, now you could watch trailers online and you see it in every fucking YouTube video that you're watching, a preview of a movie or whatever it may be. I remember going to Hollywood Video and Blockbuster and it was like we would probably go, of course, money was a little bit tight for the most part. And so we would maybe rent movies once a month. We would go to these shops, uh, Hollywood Video or Blockbuster, and you would, again, flip the video or like the, the VHS around and the see- box. The box. Yeah, the box and read the like the synopsis of the movie and get to see like the and I that's what's funny is like I remember so much more from when I was younger about cover boxes or um the artwork even when it comes yes the artwork even with <laughs> with music videos growing up with music videos I know music videos are still a thing but everybody you stream your music you don't really look at the the music video if there is one mm -hmm. but when somebody talks about a song from you know let's say mid 90s whatever i or even they would play 80s on you know uh, mtb growing up and we'd be getting ready for school i remember all of that shit i like visually i sucked it in being at blockbuster and hollywood video and seeing the cover art for these movies and again like you say you saw the cover art for texas chainsaw massacre or you see things and you're like i don't know what this is i haven't even read anything yet but it makes me want to flip it over and read it and then do whatever I can to watch it. Because mm -hmm. I, that's that feeling of like, I cannot wait to see this. And it would play on your mind, even if you definitely fucking lost to your goddamn sibling that was, it was their turn to pick. Yeah, mind. yeah, no, um, I, yeah, yeah. exactly, yep, yep. <laughs> and so I would be pissed the entire time. I would not, I would avoid the movie. I wouldn't want to watch it. Of course, I would watch it my own time where I, nobody saw me watching it because... I'd want them to have the gratification. Anyway, so <laughs> I uh, I remember seeing a lot of that. And I, that was the thrill of it is spending so much goddamn time taking step by step going, you know, side by side on these racks, looking at all of these fucking movies. It's interesting that you're talking about the cover art because I watched a documentary about, of course, VHS getting phased out and, you know, <laughs> us losing the video store. These guys talk about the box art and how important that was and how a lot of times that would sell a movie or not because yeah. you didn't have google reviews you didn't have the internet you didn't have all this uh, information where you could go on and find out if this movie is worth watching the sale was the cover art of the movie i yep. mean the first time that i saw the cover art for texas chainsaw massacre i wanted to see that more than anything and robbie it took years before I finally could see it. And you know how disappointed I was? No, seriously. I was totally disappointed. Really? Oh, I thought that it was going to be the most bloody graphic, body parts, eyeballs, everything. And when I saw the movie, a lot of it's left up to your imagination. But based on that cover art, and it's like banned in certain countries, and like, yep. you know, most graphic movie, the Texas Chainsaw of what a chainsaw can do to a fucking person in like three seconds you can cut off an arm god this has got to be good and so when i finally saw it i'm like 
Oh my God, this is a piece of shit. I had no idea. I don't think you've ever told me that. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of, you know, growing on me like herpes over the years. Um, and I've grown, what? Huh? (laughs) I've grown to appreciate it more so than herpes. But I've, <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, you know, I look at it now and there are certain shots that I really appreciate. And the fact that the movie was made for a very, very, very small budget and it has grossed so much money and it has spawned all these sequels, all these movies, all these ripoffs, all the merchandising and it's, it's pop culture. It's referenced in like television shows and movies, yeah. and, and everybody knows who Leatherface is. You look at the original budget and what they went through to make it, and it's like it's really crazy that it ever even got made or correct com- completed. Yeah. Completed, yeah. <laughs> we really digress today. Yes, but it was great. I loved it. Yeah. It. So, <laughs> any final thoughts on my bloody Valentine? Um, I'm going to just say this. I like the first one. It has its time and it has its place. And it was just part of a genre that was taking off because of the success of Halloween and Friday the 13th. And, you know, of course, it was based on a particular holiday, I guess, you know, uh, Valentine's Day. It was good for that time period. And when I saw it on VHS, I thought it was still pretty good. Uh, Definitely the the movie lived up to the box art, the way that we're talking today. <laughs> and so I, I definitely it stuck in my my head and it's on my shelf with like 600 other DVDs. Of course, I went and bought it and I bought the special edition DVD. I enjoy the original one. The remake in 2009 definitely holds its own. I thought it was great. Very action packed, fast moving, great talent, good writing. The costume worn by the actor that played the minor is in my bedroom and people come over to the house. And they're like, why do you have that in your fucking house? That's scary. (laughs) Talking about that, my final thought is um, I loved the fact that this killer, this cult classic person to be, uh, to go among the greats, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like these Scooby-Doo villains. You have all of these ones that show their faces and you know where they stand, you know who they are and you know their kind of story. So, of course, you see Michael Myers, you see Freddy, you see Jason, you know they're like the top ranking, but never has there ever been a minor, a killer that is full on like respirator, mask, pickaxe, and the full jumpsuit. And it is, and I said this before on the previous one, I loved the fact that it wasn't a terrifying mask, a terrifying appearance. It was the fact that, again, he didn't talk. You couldn't pick him out of a line of minors. Mm-hmm. It could have been any of them. Yeah. And in this town, that was a fucking, that was the thing. It's like a construction worker with a fucking high-vis vest, a hard hat, and whatever. It's just, it fits among all of them. So you would expect it. I don't know what it was, but he stands alone. There's a lot of, you know, doll face people and scream ghost face killer kind of whatever he's in his own realm that harry warden stands alone pretty fucking cool it's a very unique costume they did a really good job with making him scary as hell when they're in the grocery store in the remake and you know yes stalking them in the aisles and you see him from a distance very scary i will say this i had my friend bill was visiting from utah and him and his husband, Leo, they hate slashers. They like horror movies, but they like the supernatural ghost stuff. Bill and I sat down and we watched My Buddy Valentine 3D. And Bill, at the end of it, said, that was really good. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, what, what medications are you on? You hate slashers. He's like, I really like the way that that storyline was written and the way it was done. Because you didn't know who the killer was. And he really appreciated it. It made him give a thumbs up to a slasher movie, which was shocking. So that's got to say something about this movie as well. Because you asked Bill to watch Friday the 13th Halloween, and he's going to say, no, I'll pass. Hard pass on any of those. Yeah, it definitely shows that Bill doesn't know good movies. So that's great. That's a great example. Um, just kidding, Bill. If you're out there, sorry. You don't know me. I don't know you, but I'm sure you're a great guy. <laughs> they like the scares that, you know, the devil possession or ghosts. But That's my cup of tea is I love 
ghosts. I love possession. I love paranormal. I love that stuff. I don't, don't get me wrong. I love my slashers. I love my killers. But it has to be something unique that I've yet to see that really leaves an impact on me. But I feel like a lot of the paranormal, same thing. Uh -huh. You have to have something, a unique angle to come from. But I accept them more because I'm waiting to be impressed by a killer, I, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't care if it's a monster, if it's a slasher, if it's supernatural, ghost, porn hub. I like them all. It's all about the quality. I think that's all the time that we have today. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> 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 always an attempt to digress <laughs> yes so i'm gonna post some pictures of the costume from my bloody valentine 3d of harry warden's costume with the mask and i'm gonna post it on social media so if you're listening to this you like my bloody valentine check out the pictures and i'm gonna do like a little bit of a video for tiktok instagram and facebook if you follow us if you don't please do because i'm gonna put something on there in reference to today's podcast talking about my bloody valentine 1981 and the remake from 2009 i don't know what we're going to talk about next time we're going to have to figure out what the next movie that we're going to break apart and talk about for about 10 minutes before we digress and start rambling about other shit for the rest of the episode right porn hub and herpes and prostitutes and boobies and moist and froth moist and all of my that favorite shit. word other than the C word, the M word, moist, really gets women upset. I know so many guys that said, I don't know why my girlfriend got so mad. I kept using the word moist and she was getting more and more pissed. I'm like, well, try not saying it. Are you well, who the fuck are you talking to that sounds like that? Several male friends, straight male straight? friends. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god, the straight. I oh think my god. That's what they talk like I just try oh. to mimic them. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're the ones that have always been stereotyped our whole lives i know and i feel like i that's funny that you say that because sometimes people be like i don't talk like that why would you say i talk like that? i was like i don't know like fuck you bitch a lot i don't know i was just trying to you know mimic you i don't know did i tell you that there's actually a guy at my job i was talking about the podcast and i said to this guy i said the name of the podcast is gay florida man podcast he looked at me confused and he's like, do you mean like gay, like happy, like you're happy, go lucky. And I'm like, no, it's because I like Dick. <laughs> Robbie. What happened? He's like, he didn't well, know. He didn't know what to say. But I'm like, look, I'm sorry if I make you feel uncomfortable, but that's your fucking problem. I'm tired of this bullshit in my entire life of having to tiptoe around you fucking people that can't appreciate we're all different in this world. We're all constructed yeah. differently. Some of us, uh, you know, have black hair. Some of us have blonde hair. Some of us are losing our hair. I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some of us are shaving the top of our head for TikTok videos. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but uh, look, you know, you need to get over it, man. And if you're not one of these guys who's like, well, it's cool that you're gay. Just don't hit on me. And it's like, don't worry, buddy. You're safe. You're really, you're, you, you're really can't safe. can't wait for you to be disappointed in how much nobody pays attention to you. Uh, exactly. It's crazy. And there was a third person there. He jumped in because he's like, come on, man. Like, don't sound like you're that ignorant. And I said, no, no, it's cool. You know, my job is here to educate people that not all of us that are gay are florists or interior designers. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. we are not all just exactly like that. Some of us, you know, just because we are attracted to the same gender does not make us the stereotype that you see and movies and television and all this stereotypes, <laughs> you know, like seriously, man, we have other interests and, you know, you're not going to believe this, that there are gay people that like NASCAR, that like football, that like basketball, baseball, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of football, but I love a wide receiver and a tight end. Jesus, I love it. Still there? Hello? I'm going to go now. <laughs> so, <laughs> My thing is I love to make people laugh, and hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully we're making you laugh. I hope so.
Because if you're not, then you're fucking broken. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, this know. is who we are. I know, yeah. right? Did Kurt ever tell you that when we came to visit and we were just fucking ragging on each other in the kitchen, that he was like, I was kind of uncomfortable because it kept on escalating. And I thought, and Kurt was like, I didn't know if you guys were going to start like really fighting or what was going to happen. If, <laughs> you, we kept on... <laughs> if you had fucking brought up track lighting one more time, I was going to fucking oh drag. I was going to drag you outside <laughs> and fucking beat you oh in the next week. Oh my God. Okay. Baldy McCarthy. Um, <laughs> I look at your head and I think eight ball corner pocket. You motherfucker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> we go back to like when you and I first met. Whose autograph did I give you when we first met? I don't know. I oh, was you, probably uh, nine years old. Um, you weren't that old. I, <laughs> you fucking got me there, you son of a bitch. I not that have anything no, ready to go for that. That's <laughs> not creepy. <laughs> People are like, should I call the police? He's got to be on the watch list of some kind. All of them. Well, you gave me the the photo from the prison of Michael Myers from the penitentiary. Oh, and then in the card, uh, I was going to say Freddie Mercury. Oh my god. Uh, uh, Freddie Mercury does not have a claw and a striped sweater. And exactly, he's, he's not burned up. Because it was, where did you get it from? Because you sent me the card that has him holding the actress when he, she's like coming from her dream and she's all like, but you know, before take that, me. when we first met, it was in Salt Lake City and I gave you an autographed eight by 10 of Kane Hodder as Jason. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, Holy yeah, because because I had bought a machete that Kane had used in Jason Goes to Hell and he had sent me a whole ton of different autographed eight by tens. I had given you one. Yeah. Okay. So um I have the stuff that we went when we went to the Fanex. I have everything and I still have my uh the Michael Myers mask that you got me. Okay. That I want to get foam heads drunk around Halloween to mount it. So you have the uh the pictures of Nichelle Nichols and her voluptuous breasts. <laughs> I have I'm all not, of I'm that. I'm not. I'm not lying. You you can't say that that's a lie. You're very true. You're very because true. I yes. was for the people listening. I was dressed. I was dressed as Spock. And so one of the seventeen there. Yeah. I listen. I was a little thicker of a Spock than most of them. Thicker than a Snicker. Shit. Jesus. I mean, it was great. It was great. It was listen, you were there, and you know, don't you fucking lie. Nichelle Nichols saw me from how far away, and she's like, Spock, come here, Spock. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty big distance as she saw you, so I mean. Yeah, and I looked over at her. She could have been sitting on her boobs like beanbags because she had this top that was, like, transparent to an extremely low level. That, and, and you were very blue and pretty wide, so, yeah, it was you were hard to miss. <laughs> Like, I'm a chunk. It's fine. <laughs> she looked over and she saw Spock. She's like, is that Spock or did that guy eat Spock? I see a lot of <laughs> She's like, I feel bad for that one over there. Come over here. Get a picture. Come over me. here, fat Spock. Come over here, fat Spock. And she was so fucking sweet. I couldn't believe it. That was, was probably right. one of the nicest uh, celebrities I had ever ever met that was so down to earth so kind so willing to just even just talk for a bit usually mm. they're just like fuck off get through like i want my money and i'm you know yeah, this is a yeah. favor Next. she oh uh, yeah she was oh my god god bless her heart she was amazing well, and it, it's funny because i heard a story from another friend and I, he does listen to this so i can't say his name but i said to him like did you go to that fan x and he's like yeah and I'm like, did you meet Nichelle Nichols? She was so nice. And he looked at me and he's like, she was a bitch. And I was like, what? And he said that he had gone up to her and he didn't want to buy her autograph or pay for a picture, but he just wanted to go up and like shake her hand. And she's like, you know, I'm not here to shake hands. I'm here to make money, honey. Oh, no fucking way. I know. I'm like, really? Huh. 
Wow. Damn it. I guess, I mean, I guess we lucked out, but at the same time, I don't know. She didn't come off that way at all. No, she was very sweet Damn to it. us. Um, I don't know why she didn't like this other, <laughs> this other person. Get lost, fucking cracker. Is, yeah, I was about to say, it, maybe it's because you had a brown person that's standing next to you that she was like, okay. <laughs> Is that why? Thank God that you were there because she would have rejected me. Like, oh, another fucking white honky dressed as fuck. If I have to do this shit one more time. <laughs> if you hire me for these chicken shit appearances. Can you fucking get a Spock that like at least doesn't look as fat as William Shatner? Please, for one. <laughs> Just shaking her hand, dripping with sweat. It was great. <laughs> Another Spock addicted to fried chicken. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... Are you sweaty or is that chicken grease? Get out of here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Jesus. She was really nice. I, I love Michelle Nichols. We had a great experience here. And then we also met, I almost said Tu Wong Fu. Uh, what's his name? Ray Park uh, from Star Wars. Yes, we did. What, what was his character's name? Was it Dark Helmet? <laughs> no, that's Spaceballs. So close. I, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I listen, it was a dark something or other. It was a dark, rainy night. I fuck, I don't know. He was nice enough, wasn't he? So, yeah, so I, the reason why I was, not obsessed, but the reason why I really, really liked him, I mean, he was, um, of course, I think most people know him as Darth Maul. And, oh, Darth Maul, yes. Uh, but I loved him in, which is kind of dumb because it was just a short little role, but he did such a fucking good job. He was, I want to say his name was Toad. He was in the X-Men 2, or X-Men? Yeah, um, I do remember that. And he did such a fucking good job. And he's the stuntman who kind of slowly but surely got into acting. But mm -hmm. all the roles that he's done have been very kind of impressive. Just kind of like standalone characters rather than be like a background character or somebody that I almost consider him not as successful. But the stunt double for Uma Thurman, I forgot her name itself at the top of my head. Um, Zoe, Zoe something. Um, she was a stunt double for Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. And then... Over time, she started getting these roles and started making a name for herself. And then she was cast by Quentin Tarantino in his major, the Crying House double feature with Robert Rodriguez. Anyways, she she's made a name for herself. So him, similarly, I think was a just a stunt person who kind of got lucky and had some acting chops and got these roles. And they were standout roles. So I was really excited to meet him. I, little stupid dorky me. You know, I'm a little fangirling about X-Men because I love the mutant stuff. Um, <laughs> but he mentions my ear, which those of you haven't seen a picture of me, I have a hole in my ear that it's called a conch punch and just like a like a piercing thing. We took the picture and then he stopped me and he was like, is that a hole in your ear? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's this piercing thing that I got. And he, <laughs> he grabbed his ear and he's like, that looks like it fucking kills. He goes, God, do you have more balls than I do? And I was like, <laughs> like, I just fucking just cream my pants because this is a stunt man telling me this that I kind of I'm definitely about. But it was so cool. He was such a cool guy. Um, he, yeah, I, I loved it. He was awesome. Well, I'm sure he would have total respect for you if he knew that you did rodeo stuff because that shit's just dangerous, man. Yeah. But yeah, it's Ray Park. Good guy. Like him. So do you remember why we did the Ray Park picture? uh no was i sweating <laughs> no <laughs> because we missed the nichelle nichols like they gave me the wrong time oh, and they said there's fuck. no refunds so we had to pick whoever was left for the day oh shit i don't remember that yeah that's why we did the ray park no offense ray park if you're listening to the gay florida man podcast but i mean honestly even in star wars you didn't have a line you just kind of snarled so I wasn't too excited to meet you, but it was, you're a nice guy. What? I don't remember that. I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know if I was just, I honestly, Ray Park, if you're listening, you're awesome. And I think you might be a little attractive, but um, I was really excited to meet you. <laughs> I like Michelle Nichols boobs better than Ray Park. I mean, I, I really do. Even right now. I don't know where to go with that. So, <laughs> of course you don't. Of course you don't. <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate. So, that's oh me. my god.
Well, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, Robbie? Gage is a creepy ass little kid. I can't get him out of my head. Like he's You know, he looks exactly the same now. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, did you see when I met him up in Maryland? No. No, he's like, I mean, he's a little teeny guy as an adult. Oh god, I'm he, gonna have to Google him now. Shit. Yeah, he's coming here to uh an, a pop-up event in Ocala. He's gonna be one of the, the big show here, Spookala, is bringing him in for a uh kind of like a pop-up event. And uh so he's gonna be over there. I I mean I've met him. He's a nice, very nice guy. He was in what kindergarten cop. And of course he was gauge in pet cemetery. Nice guy, very, very sweet kid. But man, whatever. He did a good job. He terrible, did a really good job. Terrible, terrible. Oh, he's five three. That's what I'm saying. I love it. I he's love a it. little guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to end this episode with the same thing I tell you every week, Robbie, and that is to be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you're sitting in prison, you're not good at it. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>